Here's Johnny! Welcome to my nightmare. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Fear Freaks podcast. I'm Braden. I'm Destiny. And we are the Fear Freaks. We got a very, very special episode here tonight, uh, bringing in Adrian Emond, the music composer of films that you guys may know over the course of the last few years, like Voorhees, The Haddonfield Nightmare, and he's slated to do the next two films with uh, Bat Productions. So tonight's a great night to ask him questions and really kind of get to know the man the myth, the legend, Adrian Iman. What's going on, buddy? How are you doing? I'm very good. That's an incredible introduction. I really appreciate that. And I'm happy to be here with you, Brayden, and Destiny as well. Yeah, awesome. And we're very, very glad that you know you could uh, come out. This was originally supposed to be last week, guys, but we bumped it to, to this week. Uh, this man is freaking crazy busy. I mean, this man, <laughs> what, what you're, a, you're, you're a teacher, you're a guitarist, you're, like, you have a band, right? And all that stuff. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah a, I play in a band. Yeah, that's correct. I'm producing an EP for a really great artist right now named Nikolai. Uh, I, what else do I do? Oh, I just, uh, I've been working on a virtual reality uh, production. This has been a new thing for me um, with this director out of New York named Jack Chen. And he's a student at a university in New York, which I forget the name of, sadly. Um, but you can check out his website, jackchen.art. And there's a few of the films that I've done with him. Uh, we do these like existential sci-fi shorts uh one of them was called beyond existence and it's like uh just a a a very interesting story about like all of time and it's very deep scientific stuff that he he likes to delve into we did a blade runner fan film as well and then now he's doing this virtual reality thing um and it's just been a total trip it's been crazy Wow, so you it, really like, it's kinda... about the scale of the universe is what it is and the human wow. place, our place and all of that. It's, it's wow. very, very cool. When is that supposed to be out? Do you know? Do they have like a time frame as to like when it's like gonna be uh be I'm out? I'm not or... exactly sure what the whole plan is. Um, but uh like I think there'll be more info on his website and stuff, and I'll definitely be posting about it as well. Yeah. Um it's 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 really exciting though. It's been a cool thing to to work on the last few weeks it's which it's just turned my world upside down but in, in the best possible way it's fun to yeah. like, think about that stuff it's it's yeah even scientific yeah no so you've kind of dipped your feet in the water like you you've been kind of like doing these like horror scores like is this like a, a score like for this movie is it like a, a brand well, new it's like, like it's like soundscapes and ambiences and then i did write a little bit of music as well okay um so there's all kinds of things in it it's really really cool yeah i mean that sounds really really cool i'm definitely going to be checking uh that out when when that's done and when it's out and everything like that yeah absolutely Uh, but uh let's uh let's see who we got here uh here in the chat tonight um right now we've got a kathleen harmer she yep um and then uh let's go uh we've got um lamontra saying hey Braden and destiny hope you guys are having a great day uh flat lives 
What's up? And then Shabanti, what's going on, man? How we doing? Oh, Shabanti. Mike, Mike Shabanti is in the chat. So guys, Adrian and Mike have such a great relationship. It was so fun to watch like just the whole team work together on Haddonfield Nightmare as like we were in post-production and everything. Um, they were uh, big pieces of it. So um, yeah, what's up, Shabani? How we doing, man? Uh, but, uh, destiny, do you have anything that you kind of want to kick, uh, kick the conversation, you know, um, off with tonight? Uh, any, anything that comes to mind? Anything, anything. anything. Do you like horror movies? Like, are you into horror movies or is it just kind of like, it's sort of a job thing, you know? It's the latter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, when I took the Voorhees gig. I had never really seen a Friday the 13th film before. And I didn't watch one until after I finished doing the music. So that was, I watched part six when I finished writing, just because I wanted to see if I was in the same ballpark or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is, a, I don't know, maybe a bit of a gamble, but I listened to the music a lot. I, I really liked the music. So I just listened to that. And, and then we weren't trying to do what was in the, the original mm -hmm. um, Friday the 13th. We're trying to do something different, but um, yeah, so I'd never, I'd never seen one of those before. Yeah, I will I really say come from like the science, oh, like the sci-fi thing is totally my background, mm -hmm. and like space stuff, and and um, that's definitely where I, I think I felt comfortable. But I happily okay. would do anything. Like I'll score anything. Like it's like dramas. I've done those too, and that's really fun. Um, you get to kind of tap into your emotional side a little bit more. And um, but the horror thing, what I really liked about it, I'm gonna ramble for a second. But uh, the thing I like about the horror thing is it's like it plays on your fears, and it's like I don't know. It's kind of good to write some dark music once in a while. <laughs> And I, I really enjoyed doing that. It was, it, that was fun. Uh, like, especially on the, la what we did, Brayden, on the um, Haddonfield Nightmare. Like, I had a really good time. That was good writing that music. Yeah, I was going to say when, because like you say that you went into Vories, you hadn't seen a Friday the 13th movie, but you listened to the music. And I mean, in a way that's, you know, in a way that kind of allows your creativity to come out a little bit more because like then like you can like kind of go based off of just what's being presented to you, like that the filmmaker is sending you. That's my logic. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's honestly in a way smart. And Voorhees definitely has a very unique soundtrack to it, like from other Friday the 13th movies that exist. And you yes. know, that that is one thing that I feel like even listening to the Haddonfield Nightmare score in comparison to the Voorhees, you know, score, I feel like when I listen to it, I get the Adrian Iman vibe, you know. Yes. Um and like that's a good thing, but like with Haddonfield Nightmare, I remember you and I in early development for it, like we were very much talking about the what the tone of the like score was to be because I know that you really wanted to pay that carpenter esque vibe. Um, yes, you, know, like you wanted to, and then it was, and then we had conversations like, okay, like how carpenter esque do you want to sound? Because H2O is very orca, like it's very um, orchestral and stuff like that. So, or orchestral, I think. Yes. Yeah, so like we were dipping our toes into a lot of different, you know, waters. And then I feel like that the main theme that you 
brilliantly came up with like for the opening credits uh i remember getting that piece of music and i was just like holy shit not only does this feel like a good continuation of h2o it feels like that very the very latter half of that score like before it like says um haddonfield illinois 22 years later on the screen it really feels like you know you're hitting that john carpenter as beat which is awesome so, you know. yeah that that whole intro of that movie is such a um was such a like ridiculous challenge like i i that was so hard to do like that took me months to figure that out yeah and, and I, know. I think it like i remember starting I, and I went back and I looked at some of the early stuff I did when I should post some of that on my Instagram or something. Um, like all the different versions I did of the Halloween theme. Like I remember there's one that was like borderline EDM and I think I sent it and we were like, okay, that exists. <laughs> <laughs> we have done that now. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let's turn the, the temp temperature down a little bit. Oh, is my microphone going to die here? um i oh, know we're good um yeah so it was uh that was a real challenge i think what i figured out with it was that i could take the john carpenter stuff and just think about it in an orchestral way and then but as the movie progresses it gets way more traditional like the h2o thing i think it's like at the beginning of the movie, you want to get every fan you possibly can to to watch the rest of the movie. Like the beginning is the, the most important part of a film because if you don't get the first ten minutes down, it's over. You're you've lost, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get your audience somehow in that first ten minutes. And I think my thing with it being a fan film was like, let's get everybody, <laughs> let's hook every type of Halloween fan we possibly can while also telling the story, right? Like mm -hmm. it's a flashback so that it starts with spoilers. And <laughs> I didn't want it to feel like the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. It's that beginning thing is almost like its own own little world. There's like more electronic stuff in it. And, and it's kind of like early 2000s-ish because it's like 1998. And I was like, they had the internet. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of that yeah. electronic vibe in there. But it's like pretty orchestral at the same time. I don't know it was like so many things to get that intro to work. We really like that was hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very hard. I think specifically too because it's like I, I remember when I sent him the original opening credit. It was just a black screen with credits over it. <laughs> like it was literally I just like created an opening title sequence and just said, "Here you go, score just a black screen with credits playing over it." And we'll, well see. Well, you know what's you know? funny too is like we started orchestral, and then we went Carpenter, and then I think I started talking with Zach. We should give a shout out to Zach. Yeah, shout out to Zach. Zach and then Dion. that's it. That's all that's all we're saying about Zach. No, other, <laughs> we're not saying anything else about Zach for the rest of this this conversation. That, that's until he comes in and blows up our chat. That's what he does until I know <laughs> him. I know that like I'm waiting for it. I know there's gonna be a moment <laughs> where it's just gonna go insane. 
yeah like <laughs> last week we were literally just doing a um we were just doing a chat show and literally at one point i was answering somebody else's question and then like I, we were on that question for a little while right destiny like it was like yeah, one I of those so. questions like where we were talking about it for a while and all of a sudden i just saw that i was like seeing the chat get longer and longer and i thought that we were just getting questions and questions it was just zach literally just saying notice me notice me notice me notice me no like i was just like bro <laughs> i literally said brayden will you please look at zach's like responses because yeah and but we love that see. we love that man he is, he's supportive he's excellent and he and i had a, a conversation where he just like he was like just do it just go full john williams like just he's like who cares and i was like okay well i care um <laughs> and i i think it's weird that i don't know to me that like main title sequence in haddonfield nightmare is like it's kind of hand zimmerish too mm -hmm. like with the percussion and stuff and then there's like no percussion for the rest of the score yeah i mean the 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 score it's one of those like where it, it changes as the tone gets like you know like on specifically halloween night there's like a lot of like very good halloween beats like you know like when you see michael standing over by the tree and everything that's like all very halloween-esque and then yeah, like yeah. It, at becca's house there's definitely a lot of you know john carpenter feel and and stuff and that's definitely something that i see a lot like you know your music really sets the tone for a lot of the scenes and that's something that i see a lot of praise in you know the comments for for the movie is you know the way that the tone is kind of presented in all of the scenes and how it kind of feels very halloween like so you know i definitely think that you know you did an excellent job with you know immersing everybody into what's going on you know thank and, you that's yeah that's very yeah. kind thank you and Shavanti I, says the same thing he says the score was perfect you did a great job <laughs> well let's let's you know the, here's the thing with Shabanti is like this guy is like a legit that guy's so legit his score that he did with the, the for the coleman brothers inferno like that's a really great Halloween score. And that that deserves a serious amount of praise cuz I listened to that and I went <laughs> like it's so frustrating when you have to be friends with someone like that and then like you're also in competition though. Like there is a friendly competition going on. Mm -hmm. Uh but it's I don't know, like every time I hear stuff, it's like so good. And then like the thing is, is like I'm doing I'm writing the score and he's posting these covers the whole time that are like <laughs> insane versions, like the epic versions of like Halloween Inferno. And I'm just dying the whole time like, trying to write this score. And Chabanti is just leveling me up the whole time. But it's great. I like seriously love him so much. Hey, it, well, it you know, keeps it keeps me really honest and humble. You know, hey, the, the the love is definitely mutual, man. He says, no, he's not. Shut up. And he loves you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, like, people should go look. Like, his music's so good. Like, go listen to his stuff on YouTube when you're we done watching all, this. We, we can all just say that both of your guys' stuff is honestly great. So, you know, I, I definitely think that... Um, that you guys you guys just have like you know different feels right it's kind of like if you like yeah. compare Hans Zimmer and John Williams they yeah. they have two completely different feels and you know the vibes from like their music you know so but they're both absolutely freaking fantastic you know and 
Like that's kind of how I see, you know, you and Shabani is like, you know, you guys yeah. just got different styles and different tones and that's okay. You know, because like I said, even in the beginning of the stream is, you know, when you listen to Vories, you listen to the Haddonfield Nightmare, there are things that I would pull from, um, you know, the Voorhees soundtrack and be able to kind of pinpoint certain beats that you even implemented into Haddonfield. And that's okay because I'm like, I listen to this. I'm like, that's an Adrian Imond score. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and that's kind of like, you know, what what you kind of want to implement in, in these movies. And I got to say, I'm excited to see, you know, what what you do here with um, with Sally and with uh, Haddonfield, too, in, in the next couple of, uh, of years. So, you know, I'm excited to kind of watch. Are, are, we, are we allowed to talk? Am I allowed to say things? <laughs> You're <laughs> a lot. Yeah. They're like, are, if you get into any so sort of wars now, now, like we're, we're only calling it Haddonfield 2 right now. Oh, OK, OK, OK. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for letting me know about that one. You can see how <laughs> I get about talking about this. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I will say there was actually I think it was like when you first said Haddonfield Nightmare, I heard like a little uh, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. I, I, I honestly thought you were I know. about to. I, know. I was like, well, scary. I'm like, well, there goes that. So scary <laughs> moment. <It's> terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, now people are rewinding it, trying to like get a hint. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like he was like, he said, what? He said, what now? I'm going to be what, dropping what? hints through the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so DJ here says, now I know you, um, answered this question definitely back when, you know, we were talking about what we were going to do with the score. Did you still want to kind of, I'll let you explain it. Go ahead. Um, so will the full soundtrack ever get released? Um, yeah. So my plan currently is when Haddonfield 2 is done, I want to do like a, a just one big soundtrack release of the two uh, together. And I'm going to do versions of things and make it, I adapt it a little bit more to make a soundtrack album like properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just in the way we scored uh, Haddonfield Nightmare, it's, the way I put it together, I would love to do some like concert versions of like some of the themes and things like that. So there's just like, like a a proper musical presentation instead of like something that sounds like it's trying to hit beats in a film. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to go through that process when you, well, every film does this, like in the big Hollywood productions, they do this. Uh, The difference is that I'm one person. (laughs) I don't have a team of people to to do that. I I have to do all that myself and it's super time consuming. So I'm going to do it while I'm doing Haddonfield 2 and then use all that time uh, during that. And I will put together one nice big soundtrack for everybody. And then we will have that. So that's the plan. So yes, there's going to be a soundtrack. Eventually. I, I would like to release a couple singles. I'm working on that. That's we're going to drop a couple things um, to keep everybody happy ish. And then <laughs> um, we'll go from there, but I, I absolutely want to release it. Cause I love the music and I, I would love to, to have it out there and, and uh, but I want to do a really nice presentation of it, like, and, and show it in its best form. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, DJ, I hope that uh, answers your question, man. Uh, but you definitely can look forward to, you know, when the sequel's done having a nice long soundtrack with you know uh, a lot of different covers so yeah um, and i think there's just gonna be so much crossover between the two and and the way it's gonna go i'm not saying 
I'm not saying anything. Um, <laughs> I'm not going into spoiler territory. Not, not at all. I don't know what happens or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Destiny, do you, uh, do you have any, um, any uh, questions that you want to ask? Hmm. I guess like what got you all like into this? Is this something you wanted to do as a kid or did it come in your life like later? Yeah, yeah it's a great, great question. question. I, I started doing music when I was pretty young, like five-ish. Um, and I started playing guitar. And then when I was 10 or 12, somewhere around there, whatever, whenever 2005 was, however old I was then, so I guess 12, um, I saw Star Wars Revenge of the Sith in theaters and that was like my first Star Wars experience. And that was in May of that year. And over that summer, during summer break, I was in Florida. And all I had with me was the soundtrack of, the, of that movie. And then it had a behind the scenes DVD. And I was staying with some family. And we were just like hanging out for the month with family. And like, so I just listened to that soundtrack like over and over and over again on this vacation. And I just... I'd never listened to orchestral music in my life, but that music, it's such an insane score. Uh, it just, it, I've never, I don't know. I've never experienced such a feeling like that listening to music. It's he, John Williams is insane. And he really pulled something off that's so incredible with uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, I don't think he'll ever top that. Like that was a score where he thought that was going to be the last Star Wars film. So he threw the kitchen sink and then some at it. And like, it's a phenomenal score. And so you listen to something like that and you go, wow, that would be incredible to do. But I have no, I was just a guitar player at the time, like playing like blues guitar and like, you know, playing songs that you would play as like a young teenager and stuff. But then I went to, um, a, a school that had a specialized music program where I could learn some classical music theory. And so I learned about Beethoven and, and all the old classical composers and their music. And then I think when I was in grade 11 or 12, I met someone that was doing a film and it was like a sci-fi film. So I was asked to score it and I did this little like feature film score but I was you know this is before I really had anything I had one keyboard that could make every sound so I tried to piece it together and and recorded it as best as I can but we we did it we pulled it off you know as these high school kids and we had a screening at, at a, a local little small theater and it was great it was so fun you know like to get to do that and then I didn't do anything for a little while after that um that same director that did that later went on to film school here in Vancouver and he did a short film uh, that was like a, a fantasy Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones kind of thing just a five minute short film for his um, student film and we did that film and then I won the best original score at the film festival that it played at so then I was like cool this is going well this is maybe something I can start to follow and, and I before that I went to music school and I took music composition. That's all. I forgot about that whole part, but that's obviously very important. That's why I like to do it. I, 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 I got an actual education from a proper film composer um, where I went to school uh, 
the great Don McDonald. He's an amazing Canadian film composer and just composer and is like my absolute hero. I, that man is amazing. Uh, so I learned a lot about how to score a film and, and at least get an idea of how to do it or an approach to it. Um, and then, so then I started doing like a lot of student short films and that's basically what I did for, and still do for work as well as now doing more independent stuff. And, um, that's kind of what got me here. I feel like I probably skipped like so many things, but <laughs> we can fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, you're here today and I mean, you're, you're making music and you're doing something that you really love, right? Like, yeah, like you love what you do. And like, I mean, you and I've had this conversation at like 3am, like some nights, like we'll be sitting on FaceTime while he's working on something. Yeah. And like that, like the, it's those late night conversations that, that we've learned that those just emotional connections just come out. Like when you get to know, like your crew members, right? Like, I oh, hundred percent. Like, I think we, uh, I love, I love our conversations. They're really something. <laughs> they're really like the best thing. It's quite right. good. Yeah. Those, those late night conversations, like they, they just are different than what they would be at like 4 PM. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Well, I think a lot of things are very different at nighttime. Like it's, I, that's when I do most of my writing. There's, uh, there's a funny story from doing the Haddonfield Nightmare score where um, I there's a scene uh, where Michael is stalking someone, obviously. <laughs> and I really wanted, I just needed some like terrifying kind of Michael theme. I think I was trying to come up with like my own Michael theme, like almost like a sub theme. And I, I went for this walk by my house and there's this beautiful park by my house where you get a really nice uh, clear view of the sky and there's no lights there so it's very dark and there was this uh, moon out and there was these like clouds going by and it's like the most stereotypical like horror shot that you could think of and I'm staring up at this and I'm looking at it and it just I just heard it in my head it just it was like that moment gave me the music that I needed. I just ran home. I wrote it and I sent it off and you guys like, love this. And I was like, great. Thank you for whatever happened there, whatever divine horror intervention, werewolf, witchcraft, you know, thing that happened in that moment. Yeah. Uh, it was like a gift almost because I was so struggling with that. I was like, I don't know what to do for this. And then Walks are very important. If you're a person that um, is a composer, I highly recommend walking. It's very good to sort your your brain ideas out. <laughs> it's 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 like really that's such a huge thing for me. Do do you ever like when you go on walks or anything? Do you like ever do you have music with you or do you just like? Walk yeah, sometimes I'll listen to... to music. Yeah, I'll sometimes listen to music like to. I don't know. It's like fuel, right? And you are what you eat and you mm -hmm. write what you listen to. I think you are certainly inspired by, but I'll, I'll be really careful what I listen to. Like, especially when I work on a film, like if people are like recommending music to listen to, to me, like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. I, I I'm really careful in what I take in because I want to be very methodical in what I put out. Mm -hmm. And it's, so you're very careful in what you, taken as a composer it's it's mm -hmm. not like it's kind of a more strict listening 
regime that I have because I listen to stuff based on like uh, whatever I'm working on. Like right now, because of the VR thing, I'm listening to like tons of Hans Zimmer stuff and and soundscape music and and just seeing what's what are other people doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm also listening to stuff that inspired that music. I always like to try and find the source of something. Like when I was doing Voorhees, what I realized with the music that was originally done in that film is that it was inspired by like really old classical music. Mm-hmm. So I just went and I listened to all that old classical music that was talking about death and 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 like all these operas that are like themed with death. And you follow that like thread and then you end up at horror film scores. It's so crazy. Like you can like, there's like a total musical thread between it that goes back super far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you follow that and it's like tons of stuff to get inspired by and very, there's no limit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't know, like, I mean, that's like a whole, that just sounds like a whole lot of homework, you know, like, I mean, like you have to really kind of like pull all of like these different elements. Like, I mean, like when I look up, like, I feel like that that even has to go further than just like looking up on YouTube just old style music. Like, I feel like you really have to like, kind of like do the research as to like, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, like you have to research like what type of music would be, you know, playing during like a period in which you're trying to write. I mean, you know, now that I'm saying that out loud, it's like Brayden. Yeah. That's like fucking basic information. You dipshit. But like, I mean, it's like, like sometimes like you just go to YouTube and you just go old, old style classical music or something like that. I just feel like it's more than just doing that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I, there's a huge amount of research that goes into every (laughs) score before I even put a note down, uh, to the film. Like it's, I, I take a really long time before I start working on the, um, like when I get something, like if someone sends me a, a, a scene to score, I, I push it as far as I can. <laughs> like I wait till the last moment because I'm trying to like take in as much and understand as much as I can so that when I go in, I just I try to get it right as close as I can the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that there's going to be a huge amount of back and forth between the director, but I want to go in with as clear of a vision as I possibly can. And sometimes like, the conversations are always very loose at the beginning of a score. Uh, Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And so you kind of have to do research to discover what your limitations are going to be. Limitations are more important than um, having like too much. That's actually like, it's like a really bad thing. You want to get it down to like a couple ideas. And even something like for hadn't feel nightmare just deciding that it was going to be orchestral so that we could get that limitation down like that took months to get to that place it did and it yeah took a, just a little whirlwind tour to get there to something that had a little bit of what i was experimenting with mm-hmm. but then what we had originally started with i mean that's what that score became like there's definitely some synthesizers through that whole score mm-hmm. but it's like as you get to the end it gets really traditional mm-hmm like to me that that score and that movie like it's about john that's yeah. my that's where i was coming from because he's like the emotional uh pin of the whole movie mm-hmm. so that the music follows him entirely 
Yeah, I will say uh, John's theme. I think that's the third track on on the soundtrack is like one of my favorites in in the in the score. Yeah. I mean, like that's one like I'll occasionally like. I mean, I occasionally just pull up the score, even like now with like creating and crafting what we're doing with Haddonfield Two. It's like you know, I, I occasionally like when I'm trying to get into like that world and in that mindset, I just like kind of pull up the score and I'll listen to um you know i love john's theme i mean lauren's theme i actually kind of like a little bit more oh Um, yeah you know i i I love i love that that's actually the disc menu on the blu-ray that was also what yeah okay that was also what was playing in the auditorium as people walked in at the premiere to sit down like really yeah we had that playing in a loop um on on the screen with the wallpaper and i love that theme like for some reason i was just like it's just very somber it's like settle you know and then it's like towards the end of it like you know it really kind of closes out with like that the like you know like it it closes out with that and i really like that um well that was really fun uh because john's theme comes from michael's theme like it's it's based on saint the same things like i i I really analyzed the Michael theme, like mm-hmm. the dun, 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 mm-hmm. and like looked at like why does that thing work so well? Like what is it about that that it's so iconic? Like that is like one of the most iconic things ever. Like what makes it good? And you can explain it in like a musical theory, rocket science kind of way, um, which I I sort of like did the math, so to speak, to figure out like why does this work? And then I took elements of patterns that i was seeing in it and what like there's like it's not just the the um the piano it's what the bass does underneath that piano is what's really interesting about uh how he did that score because mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over again and it just keeps moving down but it's like the bass notes that he chooses like what you would do with your left hand that's what's amazing about it and i was looking at that and that was like such a uh eureka moment for me was like stop paying attention to not only what the left hand is or the right hand is doing which is the part that everybody hums but all the chords he's putting behind it and that was like when i had that and i figured that out that was like when i wrote the main theme um that was when i was like i I, I figured out what to do but it was like math (laughs) it's a little bit of math yeah, I, I remember the first, like the very first piece that we got for the opening. Like there was like no, like uh, there was like no Michael Myers theme no. embedded within it. It was it was very orchestral. Like that's really it. Yeah. Like you know, but then again, I also understood that it was definitely very difficult to you know. I mean, I I know, and you know, you and I have talked about what we're gonna do like now on these next few films. Um, like we're gonna change the process a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know, like we were doing just like, you know, scenes of music throughout Haddonfield Nightmare, but, and that worked like in the moment, but like, you really had to kind of go back and revisit it. Like, as you would see other stitches of the movie kind of coming, what was before that or what was after that, you know, or yeah. shit, even, even what was like 40 minutes after that, like, you know, it's yeah, like, and I, does I think this we... fit what's going. Yeah what we ran into and and I think this is a good piece of advice for young filmmakers and we're all young filmmakers, I guess. But (laughs) uh, if you're just starting out, like 
I think one of the things is you got to know where your ending is and where you're getting to. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? And uh, because I didn't know a lot about the ending, I only had the script, but it was like, I didn't really understand what the ending was. But I figured it out once I had the first 30 minutes. I like the first 30 minutes for me when I can see enough of the what the flow is of the movie, then I know if I'm on the right track or not. And I think when I got to like the first 30 minutes, like when we were in the summer and I was writing, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. This is not pacing the way I want it to. And then that's when I was like, OK, I'm going to do this orchestral like we're going to do this this way. And then it it led me to pace the film differently. Because the pacing is almost like entirely, it's obviously the editing, but the music can really do a lot to like pull things back in moments and then push things forward. Like you take like a sequence, like um, when they're in, those two uh, kids are in the um, uh, Smith's Grove. Oh yeah, in the middle, uh, when like yeah. when Michael gets out pretty much. like Yeah, yeah. so there's yeah. a great example of a place where it's like, pulling things back, like making it feel like time is slowing down a little bit because a, a movie is just like, you're just playing with time essentially. So that part, it feels like you're pulling time back. It's like, they're exploring this place. They're checking it out. But then when you know that Michael's there, it's like that you feel a different pulse that kind of comes into the score mm -hmm. and it heightens you up. And it's to get that fear reaction out of the audience. Mm -hmm. Cause that's who you're thinking about ultimately. So that's, yeah. And then that's what makes it fun to do and to write is to like figure out like how hard do you push that? Where do you pull it back and, and push it forward? Yeah, no. So the uh, the actress, um, Shelby Kazanovich, the blonde um, actress from the middle sequence of the film, uh, she actually was watching with her boyfriend's mom. She was watching the Hedfield Nightmare and uh, she sent me a video and I actually have to go back to our text. If I have it, I'll send it to you guys so you guys can see it. But um, like it's when she like is walking outside and she turns and sees Michael and there's that jump scare. Uh, yeah. Her mom like literally like freaked out like or her boyfriend's mom like freaked out. She was like, ah! that <laughs> fucking me. got me. That got me. <laughs> I was watching on my phone, laying on the bed, and I fucking like tossed a little bit. I was like, "You fucking got me, man!" Because it's like I knew something was coming. I've seen I've seen these movies. I was like, "I know something's coming," but the fact that it's like pretty quiet and then like stinger, boom, but done. I was just like, "Damn!" Yeah, you know it's it, coming, but it's still you still jump. So the, there, that was great. And now That's I've done favorite. so many jump scares. Like it's harder every time to do one. Like every time I have to do one, I'm like, okay, how do I really take this up a notch? <laughs> and sometimes it's like not going too big. I think that was one thing I really tried to do with Haddonfield Nightmare was not go like as big, like let Michael be the terrifying thing or the, the scenario that it is of being stalked by this guy, like let that be the scary thing and just sort of guide that along and let, and then it's not like you have to do much. It's scary as it is. Mm -hmm. He's creepy. <laughs> He's a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I just, so, uh, my girlfriend just watched it for the first time last weekend. And like, that was, she made a goal of like, we sat down we watched it. I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm like, just, cause I've seen it a thousand times. So I'm saying this movie, like I'm watching it play out in my head. 
and yeah. like so she's watching it and it's it's the scene when Matea when Jen is at home and she like hands over to the kitchen and Michael's like watching her through the window and she looks at me she goes babe are you serious like and I'm like she's like what's going to happen I'm just like I'm not telling you watch like you know like she just saw it and she was just like no like that's not funny and she is a worry wart so like that movie just like kind of put her on edge of like when like Michael comes around and like he's still watching Jen like you know yeah so Uh, I don't I don't think I put a lot of music there because I was just so terrified by that thing I was like don't mess this up like it's creepy what he's doing and, and she's just like there's no idea that he's there yeah I- exactly and i thought that that was definitely something that the the vibe and yeah you're like the somberness of that definitely you know um worked we got a question here from uh, kathleen what's the hardest and what's the easiest part about scoring horror movies um would you say hi katie um uh hardest part i would say is having to watch like the gory scenes over and over and over (laughs) and over again that is like not not good for you (laughs) it's not good for you you're sitting there you're trying to eat dinner and then like you know you've got these like just the blood and the guts like splatting on the screen (laughs) yeah yeah totally it's not (laughs) it's not good for your psyche uh so there's that and i get really antsy when i generally do horror scores like i'm way more jumpy like someone closes the door i'm like oh i was not expecting that at all (laughs) (laughs) so that there's that side of it but i'm getting better at managing that i think um you kind of just have to remember it's just a movie and like like, (laughs) i kind of know these people anyways so um the easiest thing i don't know it's not easy i don't think there's anything <laughs> there's nothing easy about scoring a movie like and writing music for that that's i don't find any part of it it's not that it's like it's not that it's not pleasant it's it's uh you're you are putting yourself through something when you do it it's I, i'm like every film composer i've ever talked to about doing it it's like all have the same reaction is it's like it's really great when it's over and you get to see and listen to the whole thing but when you're in it you're like what is happening why 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 have i not slept in three days but and you that's just that's what it takes to do it that Mm -hmm. there's no choice like to get it right you have to work really really hard and uh i like doing that it's fun there is, it's so worth it when you get to the end, you're like, ah, that's so cool. Like when I wrote the finale for Haddonfield Nightmare, like that was the craziest three days (laughs) of my life because we were really on a time crunch. And that was a, it was one eight and a half minute piece of music. And I just, I was like three days, I had the weekend, I took like time off. I just didn't do anything but that and drink coffee and go for walks and that was like i looked like hell <laughs> like that tuesday when i came to work i was like i am not okay <laughs> <laughs> i think we had a meeting that tuesday night too and like we got on and like you know so adrian always tells me like so i like we have like a running joke and it, it's it's the beard you know it's coming you know it's it's the beard thing he was like he told me this before we started Haddonfield Nightmare. He's like, Braden, if I like basically if he has like a beard a bit longer than mine, like he's like, 
I'm not okay. And I'm just like letting it grow. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like his indication that like he's, he's just working and he doesn't, he doesn't shave or anything like that. Like that's his indication that he's working very hard. But um, yeah, so I, I saw him like with a pretty lengthy, like I saw the beard coming in. I'm like, Adrian, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah. And, and then uh, I blamed you. Huh? And then I blamed you. Yep. I, rightfully so i mean I, i'm the director of the project right like i mean like no i mean guys like we we really did and there, there really is a whole lot of stuff i mean the, the haddonfield nightmare was quite an experience because like i mean like we've like we finished the film in the beginning pretty much towards the beginning of october i think it was like october 8th everything was kind of like all set in stone and everything like that and the movie came out 21 days later <laughs> and we're like we're like a week and a half out from a premiere and we're like is the movie done is the movie done and then like shit we even got to the day before the premiere and i remember there was like an adjustment that we had to send to tyler to tweak real quick and oh yeah and then that had to come back to us and like yeah literally zach and i we spent pretty much the afternoon like we watched that film like three times in a day like i mean it was <laughs> like just to make sure everything matched accordingly as to like because we wanted to get the movie out on uh, on october 29th like you know yeah. we had said that in the trailer uh and by the way when the trailer came out we we weren't done with it yet like i mean like no. that so we weren't even no. close so i mean like you know that was very like we're not doing that again it's not happening <laughs> like, we will never ever be doing that again um but we i mean we learned like, we learned a lot of lessons on that yes but it was yes. good like i i i look back on it very positively like it was such a fun time and mm -hmm. we we i think the thing that got me through it was the fact that we all had each other you know mm -hmm. as cliche as that sounds it was really good to have that group chat it was really good to be able to go and, and talk to you guys on you know like zoom meetings and uh even though we all live because the other thing that's really cool about this is we all live in different places like i'm in canada and you guys are in the states and that's what's amazing about this whole uh, uh community is that we all live in different places but we are united by this great internet and youtube and that's so cool mm -hmm. no, i it... love that i get to do that yeah i mean like me too man like it was it it was just so much fun like it was fun watching the process go through as it did it's like you know you and i had our meeting like when we talked about the script and then like it came time for production we didn't really talk for a little while but it's like as stuff kind of started getting stitched together and everything and as like we mm -hmm. started kind of going towards the um composing of the music like i mean yeah. obviously we had a lot more uh discussions and it uh it just became a lot of fun and that's always the best part of it and just the people that i've met like even like you know going yeah. through the haddonfield nightmare and ever even really since i started my channel man like i mean had i not started my channel i'd have no idea who destiny was i'd have like i would would have never have like you know gotten into killer flicks or really anybody that i've met through my youtube channel and you know like i am just thankful every single day for it you know that like yeah. i have everybody in my life right now that really kind of supports all of this and you know works that i get to work with on all of it it's it's so amazing so um yeah, you know, before, yeah. before i see sorry before i see zach spam the chat he is here <laughs> um he says adrian i love you <laughs> hi zach <laughs> so 
Um, no, sorry, you were going to say something. And then Shabanti said that the, the team was so fun to work with. And yeah, then that, oh, before that, he said 24-7 on panic mode. <laughs> like, yes, we were leading up. Well, I never, I remember having like some 4 a.m., 3 a.m. chats with Mike Chibante and like just just being like, it's like sometimes no words were just said. It was just like, oh, someone's here <laughs> for support. Um, but we loved it the whole time. You know, we really did. Like mm -hmm. it was it was a joyous time, like knowing that we were going to pull this off. And I think we're sounding a bit dramatic. I think what people need to realize about why it's so difficult. This is what I, I understand now about why it's so difficult to make a movie. It's just that they're really long. And so it's, it's, it's just a lot of work because it, you have to go through so much stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, that's the reason why it, it's just time consuming. That's all it is. And that's why the hours are so ridiculous. That's why we, we stay up for three days because it's like, oh, there's a lot of stuff to do. Like, here's a way I think of it. If you have an eight minute sequence that's orchestral, an orchestra is made up of sometimes, uh, well, you've got like a string section, a brass section, a woodwind section, a percussion section, and all those parts have different things. So if you write eight minutes of one violin part, and then you write another eight minutes, that's your other violin part and your viola part's different, and you got to figure out what all those things are. You're no longer writing eight minutes of music. You're writing like eight times however many things, different parts exist within that. So it's like an eight minute thing is actually like a 40 minute ordeal or something like that for you to solve, not eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the real challenge when you get to orchestral things. Uh, but it's also why it's really fun. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Here, Zach has a, Zach has a question for you. Uh, what did you learn in the uh, post-production process? Um, I mean, this can like accrue for anything that you've worked on post-production. Like what have you specifically learned like about <clears throat> the post-production process of film? Uh, do more work in the pre-production so that your post-production goes easier. That's, that's that. <laughs> I, I think that's the, the more time you get ahead, the better. It's just to sort out through your bad ideas. Like, as, mm -hmm. get as many bad ideas out of the way so that you start to find, like, where where do I want to sit in this? Um, and I, I think with the post-production thing, too, it's, like, to set aside time slash funds. Make sure that, like, I, that's something I would say, again, to young filmmakers, too, is, like, don't forget you still have to spend money when you're in post-production because that's where your movie actually gets made. You haven't made your movie until that point. You've just put together a bunch of different things, but the mm -hmm. movie is made in the editing process. Mm -hmm. It's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because that's like where all your sound is implemented and sound is obviously uh, very, very important. Yeah. Um, and shout out to both Mike Shabanti and Ty Falcoa, the sound, yes. uh, the sound designer and then the sound mixing engineer. Um, so Mike Shabani did the sound design Ty did all of the mixing and like, I don't know what we would have done if we didn't bring Ty on, honestly. So, <laughs> so that guy um, is like a lifesaver. Yeah, honestly. Um, <clears throat> but, um, so 
regards um to you know what we have coming up i gotta ask you know so like without saying any spoilers or anything so sally is our next is our next film i've Mm -hmm. seen a little bit of i've seen a lot of really great comments you know we just posted the location like we were doing some scouting this weekend yes um you've read the script uh you know what 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 do you feel like you're gonna kind of go with with like uh, without spoiling anything obviously but like what do you think you're gonna try and do with sally that was like different than like the haddonfield nightmare or Voorhees? because like this being an original obviously it's gonna be you know you you've got pretty much full creative control to do like you know this is how i see it so yes so my answer to that question is this is the first time I'm doing a horror film where it is original. So I'm not pulling from another source. It's, it's going to be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am, it's got to come from me entirely this time. Um, I think having two horror features, but behind me, like I feel a little bit better, like in terms of, I I understand more of the tropes and things like that, um, that have come before. So it's going to be taking those elements of everything I've learned up to this point and mm-hmm. and creating something new and fresh for us. Uh, I, that's really what I have to say about that. I think it's going to be more um, it's going to be more experimental sounding. I don't think it's going to have the uh, classic traditional sound that I think I've gone for in the last couple of features I've done. Mm-hmm. I, this would be a very different side of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, having sent you the script, I'm like, I'm always so antsy when I send somebody like a piece of, of work that I've written, you know, like, cause I'm like sitting there and I know Zach's the same way, but like, you know, I, I'm always just like, I remember I sent uh, Destiny a version of it to, to give a read. And, you know, like I was just like sitting there. I'm just like awaiting the response, like, you know, just as to like, you know, what uh, like what it's going to be. Was it my first response? No, I don't think it was my first response, but I was like, it was a typo. I screenshot yeah. it. So <laughs> it was a typo in it. I was helping you out, but I was like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, Brayden? <laughs> Hypo. Yeah. Like she like doesn't even give me any sort of a oh, sorry, I pulled up that question again. <laughs> um oh, but, <laughs> no uh <laughs> well like yeah, like I was sitting there, I was like, Well, that's okay, I could fix that, but what are your insights? Like, can I have rest? some insight on like, you know, on the story or or anything, like, you know, just to get some sort of feedback. <laughs> no, first thing was fix that typo before you send this to anyone else. <laughs> Make sure Cause I was just talking to Chad, which you're, this was just one typo. Okay. But like someone else had sent me something that they wrote. Awesome. But there's a lot of typos in it. There's a lot. And I was like, did you read it? I get it when it's like a double word because you're like, you've seen those things where they'll put two of the, like the, the, and your brain skips over a the, mm-hmm. but this was like a lot of misspelled stuff. But I was just like, I'm helping you out, Brayden. You got to fix this because I was just talking to Chad about like when people do a bunch of like errors in their scripts. So I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this because I don't fucking know, but I was just helping you out. The and script I, was great. 
I do appreciate that. You know, I definitely, I do appreciate, you know, luckily it was only one though. Like, I mean, she, she had only sent me the one, which is, which is honestly good. This, that is, good. That, this is good. It shows that my writing has gotten better from, I learned from writing a feature script the first time. Yes. Like, <laughs> no, you write good scripts too. I like, I like your scripts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> pat myself, pat myself on the back real quick. No, uh, Tyler Falcoa, the crew is here. Everyone is in. Everyone is. Oh in. yeah, this yeah. is everybody. So yeah, everyone is here right now. Uh, we love you too, Tyler, and we wouldn't be here without you, man. So, um, yeah, everyone is now now here. Um, the whole post production wad of people. Um, but okay, then we'll give everybody a because Zach has mentioned in the comment section that they have no idea what's in store for number two. Now, being that you like, I mean, you can say stuff about music that you plan on maybe doing with, with number two, but like, you know, cause I know we've got like nine minutes here left. With yeah. You got to get back to, to teaching. Yeah. A little less um, than that, but yes. So, okay. Oh yeah. No, that's actually about good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but before we let you go, um, I, I gotta know, uh, what, what, or what can you tell the audience that you maybe plan on working with? Um, Cause we obviously know that you're doing Sally and we're doing that first, but what do you hope to do with the Haddonfield nightmare two and, yeah. um, and the score as we progress into now a, a sequel uh, to the first one? Yes. I, uh, I can tell people that uh, because I have read some stuff uh, from a script that has some words in it. <laughs> um, there is an idea churning in my head that I've been holding on to for since I read it qu quite a while ago now, I guess. Uh, and I can't let it go. And I really like it. it I'm going to do something with the main theme that hasn't been done before. Um, and that is, it's, I'm really excited about it. Like, it's actually great that you asked that question because I actually have a genuine answer. Like I'm going to do something with that main theme that nobody's done. I looked, I checked, I listened to every version I could find. And I <laughs> found, I found one thing that I could do. And I, but I think when I dive into that, it's cause it's just this thought I have, uh, I'm going to find even more stuff there. So well, I think what people can expect for that one is like some really cool versions of the main theme and spinning it in ways that maybe haven't been done before. And or we're, we're basically working to that. Um, so I think it'll be exciting for people because the franchise has been around for so long and there's been so many different versions of the music. I just, mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing my thing and pushing more into that. Perfect. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a great answer. And I know you and I have like discussed just briefly as to like, you know, some ideas and some tracks from even um, the first film that we want to like maybe even revisit and kind of put some spins on. And Absolutely. Um, now, it's yeah, not it's going to be an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be like every track that's just going to have an upgrade. No, like, I mean, obviously we want it to sound um you know, upgraded and we want it to match the tone as to, you know, with what's going on. And, you know, I, I gotta say, Adrian, I'm just, I'm so glad to have you on board for, for these next few and to kind of see what you're going to be coming up with. Um, and you know, you, you've got a lot of people, I, I read the comments for, from the movie. You got a lot of people that, you know, praise, 
you know, your, your score and, you know, it's really just great work that you do. So, you know, thank, thank you, you so for, much. Thank you for coming on to the show tonight. And I'm sure, cause like, uh, you know, destiny, this was the first time you guys had met. Um, so, you know, she, th she really got to know a lot about you, like during first conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a whole, my whole biography. Yeah. So wait for that insurance number though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Whatever. Yeah. So he'll he'll be texting that to you later tonight. Oh my so god! Definitely yeah. not. That's how I know we're we're, we're going to be friends. You know, like if you give me so that information. Don't, what people don't realize is we had this conversation before we went live, where Destiny tried to get my social security number. But I don't have a social security number because I'm Canadian. Which I didn't know. You said Canada. I said what? Yeah. What? We don't, Did we I don't know have that. that. Yeah, he he is yeah. in. Canada. What time is it there, by the way? Is it what six six, six p.m. Six p.m. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So Here your time Coast, zone. Yeah. yeah, your time zone right now is the same as it is in in Arizona right now, where my parents. Yeah, and, California. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, hey, well, I know you got it. Yeah, I know you got to get to to teaching and everything. So thank you so much for uh, coming on to the show uh, and answering some questions. And, you know, we're very excited to, you know, continue to, to work with you. So thank you for being here, Adrian. Well, thanks again for having me. And uh, thanks, Destiny and Brayden. Um, and for everybody that tuned in and for all the people that watch, thanks for uh, sticking around this long. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Yeah, you could uh you can just uh clock out whenever whenever you're ready and uh you know I'll be talking to you shortly, buddy. Sounds good. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Oh god, I love that man so much. Um Destiny, what's going on? My cat scratched my titty. <laughs> That's what's going on. I love how you're just like literally like you could have said shoulder, you could have said, you know, anything. Then else. I would have been lying. Yeah, that is true. You know, it we don't is. like liars, right? Exactly. It's right there. <laughs> I just noticed it too. Y'all were talking. I looked down. I was like, I know. I was like, I honestly thought for a second that like your, like your shirt, like snapped and fell off. Or something. <laughs> I was like, like, wait, you I guys, like, I'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no, like, wait, she just scratched me. Yeah. What, what, what's going on? Kind of see it. It's like, there. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can see it. the red mark. Yeah. yeah. Love her so yeah. much. Thanks. So gotta, much. gotta right. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that that was a that was a lot of fun, wouldn't you say? Got a, got to learn a lot about, you know, what it go what goes into composing, you know, films and everything. Kinda, right? Yeah, yeah. How have you yeah. been? I've been. I'm good. Yeah. Chilling, killing. Kill, yep. Vibing. Yeah. Sitting here, my ass kind of hurts. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah. But yeah. I bleached my eyebrows. Something exciting. You bleached you your tell. eyebrows? You can't I tell can't, right now. I can't but. I can't tell. You also did something new to your hair, right? You got the, the red in it, right? Yeah, it's kind of hard to see. I kinda of wish I would have done more. Yeah. But it's under here. Right here, and it's over here as well. Like underneath. It, is that a little different than you did? Um because I know that you had didn't you used to have like a red stripe from like up here, like yeah, all the way down? Yeah, I had it like my bangs here and then i had it here it's like the oh, okay. e-girl sort of style i've had gotcha. that twice with okay. red once in gotcha. purple but oh. yeah well i wanted to do blonde mm -hmm. um my hair is dark 
but it's dyed. So I've there, my hair has a lot of dye in it and bleaching and trying to lift that out. It's very hard and I'm not a professional, obviously. And it wasn't going blonde. It was mm-hmm. not doing what I needed to do. I had some red. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do red again because blonde's just not happening. Yeah, so my hair would have probably fallen out. <laughs> did you uh, did you do that yourself or? Yeah, did I did you, it okay. yesterday. Oh, gotcha. Took nice. me a long time. Yeah, I didn't know that you did. So when you do your hair, do you normally do it yourself? Mm-hmm. Like or okay, gotcha. I thought that like you went to somebody. I mean, it looks like it looks good. So like I Thank just you. thought that you went to somebody, but that's cool that you no, know how to do it yourself. I, so I hate going to hairdressers just because like I'm awkward, you know, like. I don't want to do small talk. I also don't want to seem rude, but it's just like, I just don't know. I just rather sit there. And so if there's like any sort of conversation, I'm just like, uh, yeah, I tend yeah. to. People, get me out of here. You, you'll just get up. Like, I can just see you getting up like just mid. Yeah, just like. All in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> like mid conversation. Like, where are you going? You're talking too much. Like, You're talking too much. You're stressing me out. My oh best my friend though, Maddie. The first time I ever did the red, which was now, it was right before COVID started because this was like my last memory of going outside and like normal world to where COVID wasn't in the U.S. yet. So no mask, nothing. There's like just some like talk about COVID, but this was like our last outing before COVID and I think it was in March. And so... I'll always remember that day because I had fresh hair, was feeling nice, went out, we took some cute pictures, and then like a week later, everything was shut down. Everything was done. And then you were, we were all just inside for months on end, you know, like. And here we are years later, still happening pretty much. Here we are, we're we're still inside, we're, uh, you know, I mean, hey, I honestly think that some, like, I think that COVID made some people that were not like what do you call it um what the fuck you call those people that stay inside all the time introverts oh. introverts <laughs> yeah the bigger word for a homebody but you know like, well i could have said introverts i was just yeah homebody. yeah i mean that is true like, i mean to be fair i forgot what the word was for you know a hot second yeah. so you know like <laughs> what did school do to me i mean like you know nothing so um no i honestly think that covid made a lot of people that were um you know that like to be outside introverts so you know i i thought that that was definitely i thought that's interesting i'm like weren't you used to didn't you used to be like an extrovert yeah but now i'm an introvert yeah Yeah. i mean join the club i mean i already was and so like when we had to stay home i was just like damn the only thing i couldn't do for a while was go to goodwill Cause that was like my weekend thing was we would go to Goodwill every Saturday and I couldn't do that. So like, that was the only thing besides like mask and like social distancing and stuff like that. But besides that, that was the only thing that like actually changed because I was like, Oh, I'll just sit at home. Like I, like I do. Yeah. I mean, it's a safe environment, right? Like you're, you're at home, like you've got walls around you. You feel comfortable. I, mean, I normally have everything I need. Like I, I would rather sit inside on a Friday night with my Xbox on, a movie on, or playing video games with a beer than being out on a nightclub with people grinding like into me. Absolutely. Like, 
Absolutely. I mean, it's fun every now and then, but like there are some people that do that like every weekend, and I'm just like that's so gross. Like, I mean, like I can't. I can't. I, I, First of all, I don't have the energy. I don't have the patience. I have like sensory overload. So like when everything's like too loud or like there's too much happening at once, like I get really like nervous. And so I kind of like shut down. So I can't really, I don't like stuff like that. I've never yeah. liked stuff like that. I just, like you said, being at home, my boyfriend can be watching a game. I'll just be watching a movie. Perfect night. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you got to add on is like some grilling and then you're all set and ready to go. Like gr grill burgers or I know I'm that you don't, I know that I'm you don't getting a meat, fucking so. grill this summer. Yeah. I'm getting a grill because I can make some like. There's like plant-based burgers and plant-based hot dogs, which are really good, but they taste best on a grill. Like that's when it really tastes like the real thing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting one, some fucking shrimp because I love shrimp. I've been looking at Pinterest for recipes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm getting a fucking grill. Yeah. No, so actually like the, um, when I was in Arizona last, I actually grilled like for like, I was the designated griller for the night. So, and my sister's a vegan. So I had like the plant. So first of all, we had brats one night and then I had to put the plant-based hot dogs like on the grill. And I'm just like watching these things go. And like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I had to like, make sure that I was doing this right. Like I was like flipping it. And like the other side was just like, it was like shrinking in. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, do you eat like, do you eat hot dogs or no? Like, do you eat the plant-based hot dogs or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't sure how to cook them. Like, cause I'm like sitting here watching these brats going. I'm like, I know how to cook a brat. Mm -hmm. Vegan stuff is completely different to me because it either cooks really quickly or it takes a, just a little bit longer than meat does to, to cook. Yeah. Um, I'm the kind of person like. I have like plant-based like chicken patties, which are really good plant-based like popcorn chicken. I always cook it way longer than what they say because mm. for the popcorn chicken, it's like 11 minutes. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I want my shit to be crunchy because if it, if it feels soft at all to me, like there's something in my brain that's like, this isn't real meat, but if it's hard and if it has that texture of like what real chicken would have, that's when I'm like, oh, this is fine. But if I bite into it and it's like too soft, I can't eat it. I can't even chew it. I will throw up. Hmm. Very, I'm very picky. There's a girl I follow on Instagram and she was doing like a review for some plant-based uh, burgers. And some of them, they look very much not like meat, like real meat. They just have mm -hmm. like the color of a burger. But some of them look like raw meat burger. Like it's like that light pinkish color, you know, mm -hmm. like a burger patty. And she was cooking it and it had like the juices as if a real burger like with the grease and stuff and then she tasted it and she said that it tasted like a burger and that's what she was like this is what vegans don't want and i was like whoa first of all that's exactly what i want i want my food to taste like meat i just don't want it to be meat you know yeah it's like that's what i want i which want it to I, taste like a real burger which i always find so fascinating i'm like why do you want it to taste like a real burger when you could just eat a real burger. Like, well, my I have a sensitive stomach, mm -hmm. and so which is why, which is why I know you and I have talked about this. Yeah, right? that's, that's why I cut it yeah. out in the yeah. first place. It yeah. that was like, it was like the second week of January of, I think it's been like three years now, two or three, but I was just like, you know what, 
because I've always wanted to be vegetarian growing up, um, but I couldn't do that because I was a kid. Um, I'm not going to like buy me like special stuff for this. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know, whenever I'm able to, like, I want to try it. And so I decided to cut out all meat except for fish. So I'm actually a pescatarian. And I don't know. It's easier on my stomach. I don't find myself getting as sick as often as I used to. Like, I would wake up throwing up in the morning from that, uh, like, the meat feeling so heavy on my stomach. Mm-hmm. So I had to switch up some of my diet. And plus, like, I don't know. I do love animals. I've seen some of the stuff. I don't like it. It makes me upset. Um, you know, bacon tastes good. But then I look at a little pig. I'm just like, damn. I feel bad. So I just stopped eating it. See, like me, as long, I, I don't watch those videos. Like I like, you know, I don't see the action going on and it just tastes too good to me. So I'm just it's kind of pretty like pretty bad. It's yeah. pretty upsetting. Is it bad for you? Yeah, it, uh, it, it kind of is. If you, eat too, if, if you eat too much of it, yeah, if you, if you eat too much of it, it, it definitely is. But, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, tonight was a lot of fun. And um, the next episode, I know that um, I know that we were going to be doing Freaky this week. But so next week, we'll kickstart April then with Freaky, right? Um, so we're kind of just now like shifting some stuff. And we, really, we didn't have an April schedule set up anyway. So um, no, I don't think so. We actually, so, yeah, so let's uh, once we close out here, let's just stick around for like five minutes and talk about some ideas. Wow. What? I'm just kidding. I was just like, just saying. All right, everyone. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Here, I'll answer this question. Is there a desired release date for Sally? We don't have a set release date yet. We haven't even filmed the movie yet. Uh, Indiegogo does drop on uh, in 10 days on April 8th. You guys can catch Sally on Indiegogo. Um, So make sure that you guys check that out. I'll obviously share some stuff and I'll promote the hell out of it when it comes out. Haddonfield Nightmare perks are still currently underway. I'm getting shipped and everything. So, um, you know, Destiny got her Blu-ray sometime last week. So she has it. Woohoo. It's in my living room on my movie shelf. Look at that. Look at that. I've made her movie shelf. Isn't that something? Oh, my God. Yes. Thank you. Such a big deal, right? Like. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that no big deal. Yeah, like no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> uh, here she is. She probably burned it. Actually, she's probably just saying that. You know, she's probably like, yeah, "I'm gonna light this on fire." I did need to light that fire. Actually, I did oh. need to light that fire. I did have to use it. Sorry. Dang. Yeah. So she doesn't have it anymore. But either way, if you ordered a Blu-ray, they are currently underway, being shipped. Um, so make sure you guys tune in next week for freaky and, uh, destiny. Do you have any streams coming up this week on Instagram? Uh, make sure you guys follow destiny on Instagram. She's definitely more in the horror verse on Instagram. So, uh, give her, give her a follow. Uh, she does some streams on there. Um, you got any coming up this week? Yeah, I think we talked about doing one Thursday. It'll be me, Victoria, winter, Mia. I'm pretty sure we talked about doing one Thursday night. So be there, everyone. Be there Thursday night. Go support. I try to tune in like for a few minutes if I have if I've got time. So you tuned in, like once or twice. Oh, yeah. You just haven't seen me because you've just been busy. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. You know.
What can't you see? Like you can't you can't see? Like you who's in? see? Can't you see who's in there? Yeah, I can. Yeah, and I've tuned in. I don't like, see you. So. It was okay. It was like the first episode I tuned in. You said hi, Braden. I remember that. I'll believe you. You said you'll believe me. Yeah. Okay. Boo. She's literally gonna go back in and watch it tonight just to. I can't me. watch it. They're gone. Are they? Oh, you can't. Oh, they don't save. Uh, you have to like share them to save them. You know, oh. like I don't know if you can just save them because. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Victoria's parents wanted to watch one that we did, but I, I think you have to like share them onto your Instagram oh. and then you can save them from there. But like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. Oh, she doesn't want to post the lives on Instagram once they're done. It's like you're, if you're, th if you're not there, you fucking miss it. That's it. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, it's not like here where it's free for everyone to watch after, but nope, you got to be there to watch it and see all the stuff we say. Yeah. Yep. Okay, fine. I'll maybe maybe I'll tune in Thursday night. I ain't got plans Thursday night. I'll just have it on while I'm like, you know, cleaning my house or something like that. Like perfect. Yeah. I'll just listen in. I'm gonna I'm gonna spam the chat like Zach did for us. Like, oh my God. I'm be like what the fuck is going on? I'll be like, notice me. Notice me. Notice me. Notice me. Notice <laughs> me. <laughs> no, but seriously, guys, thank you guys so much as always for watching. Look forward to more videos very soon. And don't forget to join us on our journey to 10,000 subscribers, and we will see you guys next week on Fear Freaks. Have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye.